Hello and welcome to Check It Out with EVPL, a podcast from your local library. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm your other host, Aaron. And today we are joined by the always fabulous, amazing, fantastic Miss Joanne. Absolutely. Hey, Joanne. I feel pretty good. Good. Just to do a quick little background on who you are, you are a experienced facilitator over at East Branch, is that correct? Yes. Okay. So you actually have the same title as me and Aaron. Not me. I'm experienced navigator. You guys are my uh, superiors. So <laughs> no, we're partners. We all have basically the same level of technical knowledge and everything. There might be a certification here or there that's needed. Between the three of us, we do very different things. I work with you know the outreach. I'm always outside the building doing all sorts of things. In general, what does a day for you look like uh, over at East Branch? It can look fairly different depending on the day. So on the very basics of my job, I'll get in the new books and I'll process those and put in the inventory dates and I get to see everything that's coming in and I hold some for myself. And if, you know, someone comes in, I reluctantly give it up because our patrons are more important than my personal need to stack up books uh, on my desk. So I process those books. I also do mainly the programming for the youth and children every now and then i might get some tech questions some copies and prints in there but i tell people that experience facilitating means that i get to make sure that people have fun at the library that is my job i facilitate wonderful experiences so i do a lot of work with outreach as well i try to go out as much as i can and take the library to the people um, I've been doing a lot of EDISJ work, so equity, diversity, inclusion, and social justice. I'm on that team as well. I've been speaking quite a few places concerning equity and diversity in education. So I've been talking to people at USI and U of E and Fort Evansville. Been doing collaborations with Acoma Bookstore and an artist by the name of Janice R. King. I'm just everywhere. I probably do more than what my job description entails. I'm a little bit extra, but I feel that it's all a part of the work of the library and us making sure that People have an open door and access. So I work with EVSC and I went to an access meeting the other day, but just I feel like we're a part of that work of creating a level playing ground and learning grounds for everyone in our community. So um, that's what I do and all other duties as assigned. If I need to sweep up a few things, I'm willing to do that too. Whatever is going to make the library look good and everybody have a good time there, I'm willing to do. And the outreach department, we track whenever any other staff member works with like a community organization. And I always see the giant list of Joanne, like everything, you've, everyone you've interacted with. That's the least surprising thing I've heard so far. So what um, recent programs have you guys had over at East? Right now, I am doing Tuesdays and Thursdays. I have a play date program. So it's a little different than our traditional story time. And it, it was kind of birthed in the pandemic and the fact that my kids can't sit still for like even the normal two minutes that other kids can. So they're <laughs> about at 30 seconds. I designed a new program where they can just, you know, do this thing like called playing and we play with toys for the first full hour and while it may be play the my goal is social emotional learning and interaction with other kids and 
parents and families coming together. Coming out of this pandemic, we really needed to do something that just brought people together. We transitioned with a story, of course, and that's where it goes into the traditional story time space. And then after that, we do a group activity, either inside or outside. So that play- takes place on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 to 12. I made it all teased. So those parents <laughs> who forget easily like me, I got six kiddos, three teens and three littles. So I needed something for myself to remind me that, you know, this is play date day and we just come to have fun and learn simple things like manners and life skills. So Sounds that's like what we've been doing. Of- good information too i know you're always in hot demand with pretty much everyone i work with is joint available to do this or that she's she's busy she's a busy girl oh yeah that was me last week too i'm like oh we gotta get joanne for this one i was telling ryan earlier i said i want to do all the things see you guys only asked me to do things i like to do so it's it's hard to say no But it's not too many things I don't like doing either. This week we did a potty training party. So it was all about poop. And I got a giant poop stuffed animal going on there. It's amazing. Fake dirty diapers and throwing them in a pail. Awesome. So no dishes. I have have to ask just for morbid curiosity. What did the fake dirty diapers, what were they comprised of? They were comprised of big acrylic brown and green paint that my daughter squirted on there. And like just squirreling around with no to make the perfect consistency and color and then we sprinkled it with gold confetti and she asked me she goes mom what's the gold stuff i was like do you really gotta ask what the gold is so really went for like the artistic expression oh yeah there. oh yeah it was fun it was awesome we do it again tomorrow I'm looking forward to that joanne and i actually know each other from way back about eight years ago before either of us worked for the vpl you can kind of get this off it's more of your story so for me I found myself unemployed in my own little personal pandemic, if you will. I had a little bit of savings and it lasted me. It was getting down. It was getting down there and I was just like, okay, I got to do something. So at that time, I was a single mom of three. I had just recently graduated from Ivy Tech. I said, okay, what are we going to do? We got got three kids, got to feed. I had heard probably from Dave Ramsey or something. If you don't have a job, your job is to look for a job. So that and I held it and it worked out to where I had childcare. Shout out to CCDF and all the people at that time, like Four Seasons stuff, who made it possible to have certain grants and fundings and things so that even while I was looking for a job, babysitter was able to still keep watching my kids. So I made sure I took advantage of that time I knew I didn't want to work anywhere else except the libraries and I know that there are lots there were lots of jobs out there different things but I knew I only wanted to work for the library that was my only job so I said okay I'm going to go to the employment office at that time it was work one you know I know people would call it the unemployment office but I was going for employment filled out the paperwork for the unemployment check I did that but my focus was I'm into life coaching and things of that nature so when I found out that they had a job coach I was like yes but then I found out like there was a whole process of getting a job coach and I was like man I don't have that type of time and so I was like hey and my dad always told me like everything is negotiable so I got this job that I want I need a job coach right now I can't go through all those other steps I did this that and so i had got this inkling like before this happened like sears was going out of sale they had clothes 
clothes, really nice clothes. And I was like, girls always need clothes. Turns out like I would need them because I would be looking for a job. <laughs> so I would come in there every day. I was about business. And so I went in there. I'm like, I'm looking for a job. This is a job I want. I need a job coach. So they hooked me up with Aaron and I was like, okay, I'm like this. This dude is cool. All right. Okay. We're going to get some stuff done. He had a partner actually that was running like a job club. I got into the job club. Shout out to Jeremy Stratton. So I would go to the job club. It wasn't a whole lot of people in there. Like I said, people considered work one as the unemployment office, but it is the place I learned about so many different things. So I was signing myself up for everything. My job, eight to four, my kids never even knew that I didn't have a job. As far as they were concerned, I was going to work every day, you know, and my job was to find a job and they work with me we tweaked my resume we went and talked to different people since I was a graduate of Ivy Tech I was able to go back to Ivy Tech to get some things squared away on my resume I had like so many different people came together in a community for me to get this job and I don't know how Aaron felt on the other end of that but I mean I put in my work but I felt like they were working if not harder for me to one day be a library employee so you can say yeah. you're in uh, <laughs> When I will take the story back. I worked as a job coach. Official uh, title was employment specialist for work one um, through the state. And I remember you came in and we, we always have this thing where we have to gauge someone's interest because we get people who come in and we're like, I need a job. But you can kind of tell there's just not the drive. You were so driven that it was a little scary because <laughs> you, you came in and you had this like sales pitch ready to go. Or like, I need someone who's going to work with me. I want to work in the library. I'm willing to maybe do other things but like this is my goal yeah. this is why i went to school for is and we're like cool let's do this so like she said there was jeremy who was a part of the employment of slash vet rep team at that time and he had connections with employers and he did a lot of help when you got your first interview for the library mm -hmm. we did a lot of help by uh, helping you like prepare for that and do some research and i just kind of remember having a moment like when i got this job three years ago and i came in and you walked in and you're like well, what are you doing <laughs> I'm like, well, I work here now. I'm like, you still work here, right? You're like, yeah. I'm like, oh man, that made me feel good. Like knowing that you really, you got the job that you wanted and you've been in social work. You don't really, it's rewarding yeah, yeah. for sure. But there are sometimes there can be some gaps between like words. So it's yeah. always nice. Like if you worked with someone in the past, helped you always make sure to remind them that how their help really meant to you. And they will appreciate that. I tell everybody about you. When you come up in this discussion, I'm like, you know, you did 99% of the work. That, that was all you. You were doing so much i'm just like i can't keep up with this client <laughs> and that's the way it should be i think miss linda probably thinks the same thing my supervisor <laughs> joanne what are you doing now if i need to say no i will whatever's gonna help you <laughs> thank you and thank you to me too i guess i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yes so our main topic today is juneteenth as a lot of you should know that officially as of last year it was made a federal holiday for the first time and unfortunately for a lot of people that was also the first time they ever heard of juneteenth <laughs> and that is still unfortunately the case now one thing we want to focus on as we approach what is uh, the first time we get to celebrate it as a federal holiday we want to just explain a bit of the background and also kind of explore what resources you can look into and also what local events are happening to celebrate juneteenth so the origins of juneteenth can be traced back to the emancipation proclamation which was signed back in 1863 unfortunately during that time we were still in the middle of the civil war so the proclamation was only 
Nebraska as the Union Army's enforcement of it and did pertain to slaves in the Union border states of Delaware, Kentucky, Maryland, and Missouri, meaning slavery ended only in a region when the Army occupied the territory. So even after General Robert E. Lee surrendered at Potomatox, I totally did not pronounce that correctly, I apologize, on April 9th, 1865, which is an event that's generally regarded as the end of the Civil War. Battles, skirmishes, and slavery continue. The last Confederate holdouts move further away from the approaching Union Army as possible, and up in Texas. It was on June 19th that the Union soldiers, led by Major General Gordon Granger, landed at Galveston, Texas, with news that the war had ended and that the enslaved were not free. The Emancipation Proclamation had little impact on the Texans due to the minimal member a number of Union troops to enforce the new executive order. However, with the surrender of General Lee and the arrival of General Granger's regiment, the forces were finally strong enough to influence and overcome the resistance. Later attempts to explain this two-and-a-half-year delay in the receipt of this important news have yielded several versions that have been handed down through the years. Often told is a story of a messenger who was murdered on his way to Texas with the news of freedom. Another is that news was deliberately withheld by enslavers to maintain the labor force on the plantations. And still another is that federal troops actually waited for the slave owners to reap the benefits of one last cotton harvest before going to Texas to enforce the Emancipation Proclamation. All of which, or none of these versions, could be true. And this was taken from the Juneteenth.com. So I'll read this real quickly. This was the official order that Granger gave when they arrived in Texas. The people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and higher labor. And thus, the last state in the in the country at that time, uh, slaves were finally freed, and that was June 19, 1865. So that is where the title Juneteenth comes from. I was trying to find out more information about like some of the early celebrations of it, and it does mostly say formal celebrations, of course, didn't happen the first year because they were trying to figure out their lives after the change and sell down and figure things out. But afterwards, it says that in Texas, Juneteenth celebrations started and began to quickly spread to Louisiana, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Alabama, and eventually Florida and California as well. Music was a big part of the celebrations. Uh, Afro jazz, blues, and worship music were a critical part of these festivities. The hymn, Lift Every Voice, was a particular one used at many of the celebrations. Also, the Emancipation Proclamation was commonly read to kick off Juneteenth celebrations. So you guys have anything to add to that? I grew up in Evansville my entire life, and I mean, I don't think we ever had a celebration for Juneteenth that I've heard of, at least the circles that I was, because I went to Catholic school on the north side and west side, and it just wasn't on the radar at all. I was definitely one of the people, whenever it became a federal holiday, I was like, oh, okay, let's do some research and find out and learn the history. So it was a lot of news to me. That was me too, and I grew up in a small rural town of like 1,500 people. Did not know Juneteenth was a thing until two years ago, and because I was never taught in the schools I attended, it was, uh, they always stuck to particular sides when it came to the history lessons. Then I found out, like, not only was this thing becoming a federal holiday, but this tradition, the celebration, goes back all the way to the end of the Civil War, and I was just kind of like, how was this kept for me? I'll be honest, Juneteenth for me is actually a surprise as well even as being a black female i didn't know anything 
about it. Now, I'm very well versed, I would think, in African American history and studies, but it's fairly new for me. Not as new as two years ago. And I saw like different YouTube videos of people having these celebrations further down south. So I just thought it was pretty cool that they had this day of celebration in Chicago. For me, though, growing up, every day was a celebration because unfortunately, Chicago is still, um, or was at that time when I was living there, very segregated every day. It's kind of like some people with how they feel about Christmas, maybe like you can celebrate Jesus every day of the year. That whole idea of celebrating who you are as a people every single day because the thing is, is I don't get to change what I look like. I am that every single day, but knowing that freedom has to come from the inside is probably the place where I live most. Even though we have that freedom on paper, people are still dealing with slavery in other ways. It's great that we got a national holiday to celebrate that, but that's something that we have to embrace for ourselves on the inside. So I'm appreciative for that. They even came up with the ice cream flavor. You know, it's it's good to be recognized and acknowledged. Like, I think it's more about the acknowledgement of everyone else that this needed to stop and it needed yeah. to stop for everyone involved. So I'm very grateful that we have this as a national holiday now and we do get that time off and it's not just another day to have a day off. It's a time of remembering, remembering where we came from, remembering where our country was, remembering where our country is now and the things we need to do to change it and make freedom real. Quality, you know, it's always going to be work to be done. Doing research for this, like there was suffering that came up where a lot of people are talking about this is great that this is now a fairly recognized holiday, but some people were just like, well, there's still so much more to be done. And this mm -hmm. is like symbolically, this is great, but there's much more to be done. Yeah, it's, it's, it should be used as a launch pad, I think, for yeah. just awareness. Like the fact that it became, it's awesome because it made people aware who were not otherwise aware. And I think that's the biggest thing, kind of like with Martin Luther King. That was when that became a holiday. It brought awareness. Like, can you see us? We're here. You, you said it yourself. How did I go all this time and not know? And it's because the, the certain powers that be in your life when you're a child, if they never expose you to certain things, and we know now that that's what we're dealing with right now, where our things are trying to be removed. So if they are not shared with you, then, and no one shares it with you, then you don't ever know. And there's a level of, not on your part, but ignorance that is passed down because no one shared it. Absolutely. I was just going to say, I think that's something that a lot of people in these positions are trying to change in the systems to kind of break that tradition. So we have the first national celebration this year. As for local events, what do we got going on? We have the Juneteenth Community Block Party Celebration, and it's three days, starting at 1 p.m. on June 17th, down at the levee. That is 1673 Culver, and they got food and vendors and worship services and singing and other people coming out for live entertainment come on out to that ivy tech is doing the juneteenth vendor fair on june 16th from 11 a.m to 2 p.m and that's 3501 north first avenue ivy tech community college there are some others i'm going on in henderson downtown i'm in central park so that whole weekend is going to be filled with ways and things you can do to celebrate i know that that speaking for me i always like food and i like good <laughs> I like good music. I am going 
to support those different events but something that I that I really want to do is maybe if you can't get out to those events we're also still COVID numbers are rising and that of that nature so even if you don't feel comfortable with going out just taking the time to do some research and some history of why you would celebrate that day or why one would be aware of that day just the enslavement of African peoples taking that time to come outside of your comfort zone and to really delve into why this is so important to us if you just do that to educate yourself whether black brown white it doesn't matter whoever you are taking the time to educate yourself on the enslavement of african-american people in this country will benefit everyone and it'll permeate throughout every system so just knowing can change your perspective and, and even your heart towards certain opinions and like you said of certain persuasions um that you may have had if you were not taught about these things so take that time to reflect and learn definitely i was very thankful to be on this episode because i i really got to learn a lot of things about yeah. it and really appreciate just all the hard work that's gone into trying to finally give this holiday and the history surrounding it and the enslavement more attention yeah. I mean, that's always going to be a good thing for this country you know it, it's hard to talk about things like that without a somber tone but i did find a very uplifting thing in my research uh, i just want to share with you guys real quickly have you heard of uh, Dr. Dr. Opal Lee. No, I haven't. So she is known as the grandmother of Juneteenth. She, back in 2016, she was one of the people who was part of a national group to try to push more attention on Juneteenth. And to do her role as an 89-year-old woman, she decided to do a bit of a publicity stunt. I use a little bit lightly here because her event was that she walked from her home in Fort Worth, yes, Texas yeah, to Washington, cool D.C. in her tennis shoes covering the entire 1,359.6 wow. mile stretch from September 2016 to January 2017. And then ever since then, she has hosted annual 2.5 mile walks in her hometown symbolizing the two and a half years it took for the word of the 1863 Emancipation Proclamation to reach an enslaved people in Texas. And we do have at least one children's book by her mm -hmm. in our Read Center. Of course, discusses Juneteenth. I read that, and it was actually in another article where there's like, oh, there's this 89 year old woman. She walked like 1,000 miles. Anyways, I'm like, whoa, whoa, we have to back up here, back up here, CNN. Like, we have to, we have to talk more about yeah. this. Some people have done some really remarkable things to get the attention of what was in plain sight, but has been masked as other things. It just shows me that we can be creative, and there's a way to fight that speaks louder than our fists sometimes you have to fight with your fists but not everybody is okay with fighting with their fists and that you can fight with so many different other ways we have so many books now on juneteenth and write a book or sing a song i was thinking when you said that song of lift every voice and sing so i remember being in chicago in our elementary school and i think i said this on another podcast like history lived at my school i thought that my principal was martin luther because he is this tall handsome dark black man strong wore a suit every day i just knew this guy was martin luther king he looked just like that picture outside of his door and for me that was a sense of pride and i thought my principal was martin luther king that's kind of the environment they created 
for me. But because I went to a predominantly black school, opening to all of our assemblies were with lift every voice and sing. So when you said that, something like hit me in my heart because I missed that unity we had and we were all would sing with one voice. I almost even suggested that I sing it. That's how hard it hit me because that was everything. That was the unifying voice that black people have. We may not know much about where we were before enslavement. We, a lot of us are learning like everyone else is learning, but we do have a history of black culture in America and that song pieces it all together for me. That song was a fight. This is my fight song. Like it means everything and I think that's why it's like hit me right here. You said that. If you want me to sing it, I will. I just saw the title and I just didn't really know the impact it had on everyone like that. Wow, that's thank you so much for sharing that. So with it being uh, Juneteenth becoming a federal holiday, that means we get the day off. What are you guys going to do to celebrate Juneteenth this year? Last year, I did a Juneteenth story time and we decorated in our Pan-African colors, which is the um, red, black, and green. And if I'm not mistaken, the um, red is for the blood that shed of our people and green is for the land and black is for the people, our skin. And now we know that it may come in a variety of tones and skin colors and every level it could be different but that is what unites us and we decorated and we had stories and we danced and it was amazing so we did that outside last year so this year I am going to pull out all my stuff and we're going to do it again now I have two days that I can (laughs) celebrate because my play dates are on Tuesday and Thursday so 10 to 12 it's going to be a Juneteenth play date that's how I'm going to celebrate well I was just going to say it's going to be working because my other job I'm still well well that's it's it's fine because I get to help people with my other job so yeah still doing the good work the good work that was one of the things I uh, found out was like how it's still a federal holiday but mm. there's actually not that many states that actually make it a legal state paid because mm. Indiana yeah. doesn't like the library is yeah. close but the state of Indiana is still open thank sure. you library thank you yes thank you, library. I appreciate yes. that so much one last fact I want to share okay. with you because I thought it was fascinating it's been observed or commemorated in some form over the last 40 years starting in 1980 with Texas but when this was made officially a fair holiday last year we still had three states mm-hmm. that had never mm-hmm. observed it or commemorated and those states I'll, I'll put you guys on black uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Hawaii. Fortunately, as of February of this year, the last state, South Dakota, did finally declare. And after uh, much egging on by us, she has agreed <laughs> that she is going to sing the song uh, that we talked about. The, I'm sorry, Lift Every Voice. Yes, it is the our Black National Anthem. Lift every voice and sing. Till earth and heaven ring, ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Sing a song 
full of the hope that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has brought us. Facing the rising sun of a new day begun. Let us march on till victory is won. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much. I got nothing. Uh, yeah, I, that's all. I, just on the verge of inarticulate sounds right now. That Joanne, that was beautiful. That really was. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, I'm about to tear up too. So, Joanne, do you have anything else you'd like to plug? I just wanted to say thank you for this opportunity. Um, I think that representation is so important. You guys could have did this whole thing and not even thought to include anyone of color, but I think that 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 is what is changing now. And I am so grateful and so appreciative that you all honor and recognize own voices and, and, and not just that, that you are speaking up too. And that's important because we have been speaking up, but you never even heard us. But when you guys speak up, it seems that it, it gets a little bit more attraction. So we need more of that. Um, not just own voices. We need other voices um, to help lift us. And I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Please check out Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those social media platforms um, and find out, Google it, whatever you can about this holiday and about, you know, African-Americans and other African peoples of the diaspora. Yeah, just check it out. Check it out with EVPL. Thank you. And thank you so much for finding time because I know you are so busy. Like you said, like you're so involved in everything and just trying to do your best to improve the community on a local level. I'm glad that you really honored us by coming on this podcast. Thank you. So thank you for joining us for this special episode of Check It Out with EVPL. And I'll use Juneteenth as an opportunity to learn, to reach out to other people, to help voices that are being essentially snuffed out to reach new heights so thank you again for joining us and we will see you guys next time and if you want to let us know how amazing joanne is you can always reach us at podcast at all right thank you very much guys thank you bye